0: Welcome to Our Last Mill, the podcast on grief, loss, and food. I'm your host, Andrew, and every episode, I talk with a guest about grief of someone special framed around the foods and meals that meant the most to them. This week, I was lucky enough to speak with comedian Dave Stone about barbecue, fast food, and his late father, Don Stone. I just have to say up front, I am a huge fan of Dave, of his stand-up, of his other podcast work, I'm gonna have all that linked in the show notes. This was an episode I've been excited about for a while now. Um, Dave was such an easy to talk to guy, and just really nice, and uh, it's kind of hard to to explain just how much uh, this meant to me getting to talk with him. Dave's a good dude. At the end of the rest, at the end of the episode, he does give a recipe for pimento cheese. If you're not from the South, you've probably never heard of it, probably never had it. Um, It's delicious, and his recipe is killer. So hang around to the end. Make sure to get that recipe. Try it out. Let me know what you think. Um, He's going to talk about some podcast work he does as well as his new special, Pack a Lunch. Um, I'm going to have links to all of his information in the show notes, and I just encourage you, uh, if if you're not familiar with him, Go check them out. With that said, we'll go ahead and jump into the show. Uh, I do always like to give this content warning that the show does talk about death, so just please be mindful as you listen. Hello and welcome to Our Last meal. I'm your host, Andrew, and my guest this week is co-host of the Boogie Monster podcast and the Stonebergs podcast. His new special, Pack of Lunch, is available on YouTube Friday, May 5th comedian dave stone dave thanks for joining me
1: yeah no problem how you doing man, man?
0: it's a uh, end of a long work day but i had a couple shots of bourbon earlier so i'm not too bad honestly
1: how about you how about <laughs> there you? you go good for you I'm, I'm doing well yeah um i don't have the long work day thing but uh yeah I'll probably do some bourbon here as soon as we're done
0: <laughs> well you know <laughs> hey don't let me slow you down man if you need to grab it now you know you, you, you do what you got to do yeah
1: <laughs> what kind
0: of you got nearby
1: uh my favorite is i'm a simple guy i like a jim beam black jim beam black is good that's my go-to yeah yeah i really like that i'm not i'm not what you would call an aficionado i don't know much about bourbon i just know what i like and uh jim beam and jim beam black have never done me wrong well they have (laughs) kind of my own fault
0: they've done you wrong but that was kind of the intent
1: yeah exactly
0: (laughs) you know that's the thing i um I've got a bottle of Henry McKenna over there. I got it because uh, you know it won a bunch oh, yeah. of awards a few years ago, and so I said, "Well, if I ever find some, I'll buy it." And small ABC store here in uh, just outside of Charlotte, you know, I, I they had a whole shelf full of bottles. They said there was no limit, so I grabbed two of them. When it's go. good, it's just uh, at, you know, I can't drink that every night. It's too damn expensive to drink that. I I can't go through that one. So Jim Beam, <laughs> yeah, Jim Beam doesn't. It it will never steer you wrong.
1: No. No, and very affordable yeah. the uh the black the fancy one's only like 20 <laughs> bucks so i yeah
0: yeah i know i like the jim Bean black if i can ever find it buffalo trace is good too but that's that's real hard to find
1: yeah, buffalo trace. you know mm-hmm. but, yeah yeah i like buffalo trace i like uh high west i do that one a lot i think that one's made in utah
0: something uh, about um, bourbon made in utah you know,
1: Utah's, yeah. yeah utah known for their their spirits <laughs> and alcohol Uh, but yeah i just found that one one day and really enjoyed it but uh yeah i've thought about you know at some point really jumping into the the bourbon and whiskey uh deep into the pool and you know really educating myself but you know for now it just it does what i need it to do you know that's the
0: thing tastes good makes you feel good you really can't beat that Yeah.
1: yeah yeah
0: i don't know i i'm can't really judge anybody on their, their beverage, beverage choices. You know, you you like what you like. Um, I just, I know what I like is pretty much any kind of bourbon. I've yet to have one that, you know, enough ginger ale won't make it palatable. So. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Is that your drink, the bourbon and ginger? Oh man,
0: bourbon and ginger. That's, uh, that's perfect. You know, it's, uh, and you know, the ginger ale, the the ratio depends on the bourbon. Good enough bourbon, you know, Mm -hmm. not, you don't need a whole lot, but if it's really bad or really rough, you know, a little bit more, but it's always yeah. it's always good
1: mm-hmm. right you on know. man
0: well you know I, like i said i appreciate you coming on i, I told you right before we got started sure. i'm a big fan uh you know of, of your stand up of uh of the boogie monster of the stonebergs and you know i've been listening for years now so to to have you come on sit down and talk with me uh not gonna not gonna pat you on the dick but it's an honor
1: <laughs> well thanks man yeah. thanks yeah don't uh I don't mean to suck my own back, but I'm pretty, uh, pretty proud of this special that's coming out. But uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, you
0: know, and I'm, I'm excited. I've been seeing the clips. You know, a lot of good jokes on there, and I, I think part of it is, you know, as a, as a guy in the south, there's a lot of stuff I've seen just from the previews. I'm like, I can relate to that. That guy, you know, the guy at work that always has a one-liner.
1: I, I've worked yeah. with a bunch of those guys. <laughs> oh yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah.
0: You know, so I'm I'm really excited to to uh, to see that uh, coming out this Friday, and I'll make sure to promote it again. But you know, really looking forward to that. Um,
1: right on, thanks. Yeah, man. of course.
0: You know, so I do want to jump into the topic, though. Um, you know, I gave you sure. a little heads up uh, before the show about what you know what we're about, and it's uh, talking about loss and grief of uh, people we care about, and you know, kind of what those uh, connections are to food. You know, because I've I've always believed that you know two very common things that everybody's going to experience is you've got to eat. And at some point you're going to lose somebody you care about.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, both both are inevitable. Yeah.
0: And, um, you know, I know for me personally, I tend to associate foods and meals and experiences like that with people I care about. You know, so I could tell you mm-hmm. about the 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 first Valentine's dinner I had with my wife 10 years ago. I could tell you about meals I had with my grandparents. Can you, uh, is that something you relate to as well?
1: Yeah, for the most part, um... The only problem with that I, I run into is I'm usually much more uh, into the food than the person, you know, in question, whether it be my wife or family. You know, I, I tend to get, uh, you know, a little too excited about things. Where, like, you, you know what it's like if you're not – and I don't know if foodie is the right word, but, you know, if you don't have a deep appreciation for food, um, some people are just like, what do you care this much about barbecue or – or xyz whatever it is but yeah it's like that's what i've always said too like you gotta yeah. eat everybody's gotta eat at least a couple times a day you might as well you know make it count make it be something and i understand you can't just treat every meal three days a week like it's your death row meal but i'm just saying put a little effort put a little thought whatever it is you know i i and I'm sure I'm guilty of putting too much effort and thought into it. But, uh, yeah, I never understood people. My wife is that way. I have a joke about it in the special. Like, food is an afterthought to her. So I, it's just, she's literally one of those people that said, if I could take a pill and get my nutrition, I'd rather do that. And I just don't understand that mindset. But I don't either. She's also uh, very healthy and, <laughs> and not 80 pounds overweight. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, I might be able to relate to that a little bit. I. You can look at me and tell I definitely enjoy a good meal, but, I mean, the, you know, yeah. there's something, too, about, you know, a good meal doesn't have to be something really fancy. It doesn't have to be, you know, mm-hmm. five-course dinner, you know, barbecue. It's, yeah. you know, barbecue takes a lot of, if you do it properly, takes a lot of patience and mm-hmm. care, you know, but it nobody yeah. would accuse you of being fancy for sitting down with a rack of ribs. But Absolutely, it's good.
1: yeah, that's true. You know, and,
0: you know, I think about something like, you know, making something like that. And it is an experience. It's not just the experience of eating it. You know, it is the experience of preparing it and thinking about it and almost, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the way you can look forward to it in your head before you actually get to sit down. I mean, I love that part of a good meal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such a, an act of service or or act of love. Like, uh, you know, if you're going to slave over a dish for hours and hours you're not you're not doing that for for people you don't right. care about, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's my wife is big into the psychology of things, and um, man, there's some chart or system that she has. You know, love yeah. languages like some people's love languages, you know, acts of service, others is gifts, others. But you know, I, I would probably uh, definitely consider my love language, you know, preparation of food. Yeah, you know, I mean, if I spend Six hours on a pot of gumbo. I'm not doing that for just any old Tom Dick and Harry. You know, if I'm inviting you over for dinner or whatever, and I put a lot of effort into it, that's that's me saying, "Hey, I care about you." You know, you cooking is uh, it's just a great way to reward the people you care about. I love that, man.
0: You know, that even takes me to just appreciating somebody putting in the effort, even if it's not something you care for. You know, we um, mm-hmm. we yeah. have a an almost seven year old, and that's something I've been working on her for a long time now. Is I don't expect you to like everything. I expect you to try stuff. You got to try food, especially yeah. if somebody goes yes. to the effort to prepare you something. You can't just look at it and yes. say, "Well, that's yucky." Like, well, it might be, but you at least need to give yeah. it a shot.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, open up uh, your mind a little bit and try things. I mean, that's growing up in the South. That t- that's one of the things that was frustrating. Like, I love my family and I love Southern culture, but just you know, I've definitely got family members that are close-minded. Um, you know, just in terms of like, I get being closed minded about cultural things or political things. I mean, I don't get it, but you know, I understand that that's some people just that yeah. exists. But like, my mom won't eat guacamole because it looks like puke. <laughs> I was like, Mom, I'm not trying to, this is not a prank. I'm not tricking you. I obviously, you know, know what I'm talking about in regards to food. It's delicious. Just try it. Now, if you try it and it's not your cup of tea, that's fine. But to no thanks, not even going to try it. Like, okay. Like, you're depriving yourself of so much with that mentality. I mean, you know,
0: that. And I'm with you because, I mean, there's so much good stuff that you really do just have to give it a shot. You know, I, before we got mm-hmm. started, um, I mentioned pimento cheese that I'd made from a recipe you shared before. And, um, you know, I don't judge me. I grew up in the South. Pimento cheese growing up was one of those things yeah. I, I never tried because I thought, okay, it's yeah. going to be spicy. When I was a kid, I didn't like the spicy quite as much. Uh-huh. And then also the mayonnaise yeah. base. I've never been a big fan of mayonnaise.
1: Mm-hmm. Did that ever change, or are you still? So not a I'm fan?
0: still not really a big fan yeah. of mayonnaise. I've been trying to work on it because I said like, I'm 36. I need to be able to, I at least need to be able to handle <laughs> mayonnaise. I don't have to like it, but I have to be able to handle it. Um, you know. Yeah. But I, I've I've tried different uh different concoctions on the on the pimento cheese with you know using sour cream, using Greek yogurt to give a little extra tang. Yeah, still mixing absolutely. with some mayonnaise and you know, it's, it's, it's pretty damn good. And I just, I wish I'd tried it sooner. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and it's, and that's what I've tried to explain to my daughter. You, you were, there are so many things that if you try them, you'll never know what you're going to like and you got to go back and try it again later. Cause you might not like it first yeah. go.
1: Yeah. And I think I read, uh, that your taste buds change or, or alter every seven years. I've heard that too. So you owe it to yourself to, you know, every decade or so, at least try something, again that maybe you didn't like when you were younger
0: yeah i mean and you know just i know uh, i've also read too that when we're kids we have this unlimited capacity to eat sugar we just can't get enough of sweet now that i'm older i i don't really like sweet stuff too much but give me something bitter and i
1: love it yeah you no
0: know? no um you said you're you, you can't get your mom to try the guacamole now what about like hummus Is she, can you get her something like that
1: Probably not. I haven't had the opportunity. Uh, I didn't, I never even heard of hummus until I moved to California 11 years ago. I, I don't remember hummus being around, uh, in the South, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's another wow. one that I, I seriously doubt she would try. And I like hummus, but like, it's one of the, it's, it's almost like baby food. It's so not bland, but like, there's really very little adventure involved in enjoying a serving of no, hummus, fair. you know, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, we've yet to broach that yeah. subject.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my parents, you know, same, love them, but uh, getting them to try new food is uh it, it, it just depends on the situation, and that's that's true of a lot of my family too. I, uh, I'd say I probably yeah. have the most adventurous palate out of any of them, but Mm-mm. you know, you people like what they like, and uh, can't yeah. fault them for it. I guess
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So I do want to shift a little bit into the topic. So you know, the, the topic sure. of uh, grief and loss, you know, I invited you to come on and talk about somebody in your life. Uh, do you, do you want to tell us who you wanted to talk about and just tell us a little bit about them?
1: Yeah, I figured I'd talk about, uh, well, the only person that I have lost that was really close to me would, would be my father. I mean, of course I lost some grandparents, but you know, we all experienced that, uh, not to trivialize mm-hmm. it, but, um, Yeah, I've been fortunate, knock on wood, that uh, no real close friends or or anybody like that uh, have passed yet. But, uh, yeah, the the biggest loss I've faced is definitely my father. He passed away, uh, it'll be five years uh, in June. So he he passed away in June of 18, and uh, it was pretty unexpected, pretty quick, um, just a heart attack. Um, But, yeah, and he was always, he was never overweight. He wasn't like a fitness and health junkie, but... Just good genes or whatever. He was never overweight, never smoked, uh, hadn't drank in 40 years prior to his death. So, um, you know, pretty good shape for a 75-year-old. And uh, just, yeah, went in, went in for a regular checkup on Wednesday. Um, on Thursday, they called him back and said he had some blockage or, or whatever. And then they were going to operate on Sunday. And it was a risky operation. They said, you know, <clears throat> if, if he can get through this operation, he's going to be doing good. Um... But he he had he went into cardiac arrest Saturday, before he even got to the operation, and uh, yeah, I got a phone call out on the road touring, got a phone call Sunday morning, and uh, yeah,
0: I'm sorry to hear that. I know it's been a few years, but also you know things like that don't just you know the thing that you know people say is that oh, time heals all wounds, and it's it doesn't time doesn't fix things. It just it kind of maybe dulls them a bit. In in my experience,
1: yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's true, and uh, one thing that brought me comfort, and I don't know where, I don't know if this was an original thought or I heard somebody talk about this. I think it was just something I came up with, but, and I've had to since use this uh, theory with my wife. Um, just in three years' time, she has lost her father, her mother, and her aunt, and her cousin, hmm. like so many people in her. But my point is, um, you know, when... Shortly after my dad's passing, every time I thought about him, my initial reaction was sadness. But now, almost five years later, um, when I think about my dad, my initial reaction is joy and happiness and, you know, good memories. And of course, you know, if I think too hard about it, you know, you get sad because he's not here. But uh, now when I think about him or hear his name, my first reaction is a smile instead of a tear. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know when that transition happened, but it did happen and I'm thankful for it.
0: Yeah, I mean and that it it feels like it's probably a gradual thing. It's not a oh, you just wake up one day and it's like, Well, I feel I feel like me again. I feel like it's yeah. gotta be in bits and pieces, you know. I've my uh I'm thankful that my parents are still with me. I've lost in the last two years, I've lost two grandparents. So, you know, there's it's it's getting to that age where you know, older family members getting older and, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a sad fact of life that it's going to start to yeah. expedite a bit, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, and that's, that's one of the reasons I started this show was the, you know, the, just the grieving process and trying to feel more comfortable with it and, you know, understand it. Um, I will call it too, you know, you mentioned, you know, you you know, all the loss that your wife has gone through. Um, I will say I've, you know, again, listening to the other podcasts that you do, Know, with her. I've heard you You know, give advice um, and I would say to anyone and this isn't the promo part but I'll do it anyway go listen to the Stombergs. Really good stuff. Um, yeah, well I mean I've, I've just the way I've heard you talk and be reassuring through hard times and through stressful events and loss and tragedy. It's one of those things. It's, it, it is a nice glimpse into a very personal relationship but also just into just Somebody who's, not, you know, not a professional, not knocking you, but not a professional, but just approaching you with mm-hmm. empathy. And I think that that's something that we could all stand uh-huh. to do a little bit more is just, you know, approach people with empathy because, I mean, there's – at some point, that's all you've got.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's useful advice in any walk of life and in any context. Just before you react, whether it be negatively or hastily, just, you know, a little empathy about – other people or a specific person who you're talking about or a group of people or whatever, but uh, I think not to get all political or whatever, cool. but that's what's so frustrating about social issues and political issues is just so many people seem to just forget about the concept of yeah. empathy. You
0: know? you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, we've all got a lot more in common than we do have, you know, different. Um, and It's easy to forget that sometimes, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're all people. You know, I think we have all we all want the same basic yeah. things. Security. Yeah. Your family, good meal, probably, but that's about mm-hmm. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, um, can you tell me a little bit more about your dad? You know, you gave me a little bit of background in the uh, you know, before we connected, sure. but
1: yeah, just uh, was just a really a solid dude. He was real um, kind of a low key, easy going dude. Uh, never saw him really lose his temper or get worked up about much. And he was a great example of, um, I don't know how to phrase this, but, uh, on how to cope or outgrow childhood trauma. Uh, he basically was an orphan. Um, he, you know, his father was in world war two and was kind of back and forth around the time that my dad was born. Uh, his biological mom, by all accounts, not a great mom, not a great wife. Um, And at about four or five years old, uh, I think both parents just kind of washed their hands of the whole thing. And my dad wound up in an orphanage Mm. and uh, spent time in uh, actual orphanages, spent time with foster families, was kind of kicked around. And uh, this is up in Detroit in the mid-40s, late 40s, born in 42. But uh, he used to tell the story uh, when he was about six or seven years old, he was with a foster family, and uh, he never went into much detail, but just from context clues, uh, he was most likely definitely a victim of some type of abuse. Mm. I'm hoping it was just emotional, but it was probably more than that. But uh, he was with a foster family that was mistreating him, and at six or seven years old, He told him to take a hike, and he he left and was actually homeless. He slept on the streets of Detroit uh, for like three or four weeks. He was literally homeless. He he used to always talk about Erskine Avenue in Detroit and uh, just sleeping on cardboard boxes literally on the sidewalk. Did that for about a month and then um, had enough of that. Imagine being a seven-year-old boy or girl or anybody or or even a 50-year-old person, but just especially as a child to try to kind of come to terms with, Oh shit. I don't really have a family. I don't really have a home. Um, but yeah, used to shoplift for food, but yeah, did that for about a month and then he had distant family in Tennessee and somebody that he knew, a friend of a friend, some group of people were driving from Detroit down to Nashville and he caught a ride with them at seven years old. And, um, Uh, went down to Nashville, and his aunt, um, his father's sister, um, this lady named Nora, she's like, they called him Little Donnie. They're like, (laughs) oh, Little Donnie needs a place to stay. Tell him to come over. And, uh, yeah, when he's seven years old, went down to Nashville and lived with his aunt for another ten years until he graduated high school and joined the Army. But uh, point being is, you know, just a really traumatic childhood. Um, But as an adult, you would have never known it. Cause you know, of course, I know I don't know what kind of inner tor- turmoil or, or demons or, or trauma he dealt with, but he was great at a poker face. Like he just, you know, he talked about it some, but you know, he didn't um, he didn't let it ruin his life or dictate his personality or or his morals or ethics. Uh, he was just absolutely just a stand up dude, and um, yeah, joined the army at seventeen and was there for about three years and then just, you know, got out of the army moved back to Nashville and just started his life there. And, uh, you know, did never had like one steady career, but just, you know, not, didn't not college educated. So just did what he could do, you know, just always different jobs, a very entrepreneurial (laughs) spirit. Uh, even when I was a teenager, he had like four or five (laughs) jobs, you know, he, he, he always had one, like, yeah, he somehow got into finance and banking and stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's a weird segue from his upbringing, but even with that, always had side hustles. All, we had a, he had a firewood business, he had a vending machine business, but just always these side hustles. And just uh, I guess the moral of the story is like, he he would always say, you know, your past doesn't identify you. You know, learn from your past, but don't dwell on it. And you know, and of course, everybody responds and reacts differently. But that's why I've never had. I, that's not fair. I'm not gonna say I didn't have sympathy, but you know, you you see a drug addict or an abusive alcoholic, and they're like, "Oh, well, I had a bad childhood." Well, you know, that, I'm I'm sorry, but at some point, you've got to look in the mirror and be re, be responsible for your own life, you know, and, and figure out a way to to pull yourself out of that.
0: Will be the um, one to break the cycle, and,
1: and yeah, that's not exactly. easy, yeah,
0: because you know, and and you know, the trauma thing that that can come in a lot of different ways. I mean, you know. I personally think it's all relative, right? You can't compare and i you know I've talked with you know with other people about this. You can't compare two different traumas or two different experiences you know you can talk about them, you can share, but you can't really say, Well, you had it worse than me, how are you better off or you know I had it harder, you know yeah it is all relative, but I mean and the, here's the thing, and it's not easy deciding to break that cycle mm-hmm. is not easy because there's so much tries to drag you back, right. I, you know, I, I don't know if this makes sense, but there, there's this, there is something so alluring so to, sometimes about sadness or about just, you know, letting that overtake you. Letting that, you know, I don't want to say demons because that feels cliche, but, you know, you know what I mean. It's something about letting yeah. that, that kind of, that dark feeling just kind of take over. You can grab hold and say, Hey, no, 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 no. We're down here now. Yeah. But it's it is you know you 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 got to try to fight it sometimes and it's it's not easy and I think the biggest mm-hmm. thing you can do is, I go back to empathy, but then ask for help too, you know when you need it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's um, I think that's what's uh, a shame about his generation was you know it it was much more difficult to ask for help yeah. back then. Therapy was not as available or even socially acceptable and. You know how it is, especially being a man from the South, rub some dirt on it, walk it off. Nobody wants to hear your problems, but um, even now, I don't know how he did it. But, you know, he he just had kind of this and he wasn't like an overly spiritual guy, but he just kind of had like this inner zen of like, we'll just we'll deal with things as they come. But until then, let's try to find the bright side of life, you know?
0: I know you said he didn't, he didn't go into too much detail about it. He'd, you know, talk about it some, did he ever, did he ever, you know, say that that kind of feeling that enters in or just that, uh, perspective that it came from his experiences as a child?
1: No, he never talked much about it. I don't know where that came. I say he wasn't spiritual, but like he, he was, he was, he was a Christian. He was big into the church and, um, you know, he, I always feel uncomfortable talking about Christianity, but uh, that's a whole other can of worms. But he had a relationship with Christ, and, you know, he I, I'm assuming a lot of that came from that, yeah. you know, um, because it wasn't coming from many other places. He had, you know, no parental support. He had one sister who he kept in touch with vaguely. You know, they would talk on the phone once a year kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I honestly, other than than God, I don't know where that peace and that, uh, that mentality and resiliency came from. I mean, I, I guess too, a lot of it was the army. He talks about, you know, being in the military and what that does for a young man as far as structure and discipline and things of that nature. So yeah, I think it was just a combination of things, but, um, yeah. And he, he was a great example. Like he led by example. Um, I was talking to somebody else about this the other day and, um, you know, not to get self-righteous or anything Go like ahead, that, man. but, like, never, never heard my dad, you know, say a racist thing. Never heard my dad ogle women or talk about women. Like, just, just especially as a young boy, that's just like, oh, that's how a good Southern man should act. And I know there's a lot more to it than just surface-level stuff, but, like, point being, you know, I was fortunate that I grew up in a household where, I, I wasn't exposed to domestic violence yeah. I mean my, my parents had their issues like everybody but you know I wasn't exposed to you know just the white side of outward racism I wasn't exposed to just comfortable sexism and misogyny he just led by example and even as a little kid without me even knowing it I was just like I want to be like that yeah. guy you know
0: well and you and, and so, don't diminish that because I think that is big because you know it's it's 2023 I mean even even now you know I know you're you know you're in LA now I know you still, um you know, you just did the special in Atlanta. I know you still get back to the South from time to time, so I'm sure you know. I live here, so I mean, it, that stuff, the, the casual racism, the casual misogyny, it's still here. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it does feel like the... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you and again, not to get political, but it really does feel like the last few years, it's been a lot more cavalier, you know, with just throwing that stuff out there. So it is it yeah. is frustrating to still you know, again, in this, the you know, in 2023, we still hear this stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. trying to be that one to call it out. I mean, so to grow up with the example of, you know, I just don't hear those things. I'll say those things. It, it's great, you know, and it's it's one of those things, you know, it does have an impact on you because whenever, you, that's what, whenever yeah. you see that that's, that's not how this person who I look up to more than anybody acts, even when everyone else around mm-hmm. me does, it's the kind of thing that lasts with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, like I said, I was hesitant to to go there, you know, because I'm not trying to paint myself as some moralist or, or, you know, I'm not perfect. But, like, I do take pride in having a moral compass. You know, I I take pride and, you know, I I may not be the guy preaching the right thing to do, but just like my dad, I lead by example. You know, in L.A., I've been out here 11 years and um, the comedy scene, for example, on a smaller level, there's just always drama with misogyny and yeah. inappropriate behavior and this and that and you know again not perfect but I can rest easy no one's got any stories about me being inappropriate after a show or being handsy with a stranger you know yeah. like I, I just feel like at the very least I can do as a citizen and as a as a man is just not get caught up in some of that BS you know and and, and again it's not like a self-righteous thing but you know, I am proud that I'm not popping up on any of these me too lists or anything like that, you know? And, and my point is the reason I'm not, uh, it's, it's not that difficult to just be, to just kind of do the right thing. You know, I don't need an award or a trophy. That's why I'm hesitant to talk about it. But my point is like, just mind your business, you know, common courtesy, common manners, common sense, and and stay out of that kind of trouble.
0: Well, and I don't think it's being self-righteous either. Just, uh, to have the opinion, you know, I, I know that it's hard to, patting yourself on the back is hard. I know that, you know, I. but, you know, just if you just want to generalize it, you know, just doing the right thing for no, not for, you know, for fear of retribution, not for a hope of reward, but just because, you know, I want to be able to sleep at night. I want to be able to look myself in the mirror. Yeah. That's the reason to do those yeah. things, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll say this, too, you know, I, you know, look, we're both straight white men. There's a lot of privilege that comes with that, right? Absolutely, and absolutely. I think anybody that you know disagrees with that, I, and I typically don't get political on the show, but I, I, to to say that it's not there, I think is horseshit. Mm-hmm. You know, so I oh, think yeah. you know we yeah. are in a unique position that you know we have to call things out. We have to, you know, we have to try to do the right thing for it. You know, for the sake of it being the right thing to do. And I, mm-hmm. I firmly absolutely. believe that. Mm-hmm. Man, that took a turn I did not expect, but <laughs> hey. No, I mean, but I, I think it says a lot to you that, I mean, you know, even now, you know, you're a, a full-grown man that he, you know, him leading by example and just, you know, being that sign of, okay, that's what I should be. I mean, and, and that's great to have that feeling about your dad. I always said if I could be like my dad growing up, I'd be happy, you know. it. Yeah. The fact that, you know, that that stood with you all this time and even now, you know, forgive me, but, you know, even five years on from his passing, that, you know, he's still clearly, he's still with you, you know, with you. I mean, and.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You
0: know, that, that, that means a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I appreciate you getting heavy with me. Um,
1: yeah, that's all right, man.
0: Let's talk about <laughs> food. <laughs> sure. So, you know, what kind of foods did he enjoy? You know, when you think about foods that you ate with him, or if it was that, you know, that meal that, hey, this isn't just, you know, tuesday night dinner but you know this is something special what were those things or what did he love
1: he loved you know being a southern dude he, he loved just good southern cuisine um probably his favorite thing uh he loved fried catfish okay. um any any chance we we'd have to go eat some some good fried fish and uh he loved catfish and hush puppies and that kind of stuff he loved barbecue i got my love of barbecue from him Um, Now, he wasn't culinary-minded. He didn't cook hardly any, Um, although I I told this story on The Boogie Monster, I think. But when I was really little, um, he used to cook breakfast on Saturdays. You know, he's working his butt off Monday through Friday. Sunday, we'd go to church. But Saturday, if I wasn't playing soccer or baseball or something, he, he enjoyed cooking breakfast. And I remember being very little, like four or five, and I said, Dad... Uh, he was cooking some eggs. I said, "Where'd you learn how to cook eggs like this?" And just without even pause, just with a straight face, he said, "Oh, I went to egg cooking school." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, okay." And literally for all the way through my teens, I think it just one day it hit me. But like my whole childhood, I just thought that he went to like a like a community college or, or like a you know some sort of part time culinary school. But he went. To, I, I just thought, "Oh, my dad cooks really good eggs. He went to egg cooking school." <laughs> And one day I was just like 18, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> there's no such thing as egg cooking school. Uh, he was just, you know, trying to be funny. But like, I just remember, like, I felt like such an idiot. My whole childhood, I just thought, you know, oh, well, my dad went to egg cooking school. And um, so, yeah, the only time he would cook would be like Saturday morning breakfast. But um, yeah, just loved all things Southern cooking, barbecue, fried chicken, catfish, all the great veggies and sides, collard greens, mac and cheese. Oh, yeah that kind of stuff um yeah i think that was most definitely like we would eat other things growing up but you know we dabble in chinese food and dabble in mexican food and italian food he could take it or leave it but it was always just fried chicken fried catfish that barbecue anything pork chicken loved uh, chicken wings hot wings that kind of stuff yeah,
0: yeah. The the hot wings now. You mentioned uh you know, before the show that uh you know, hot wings and sporting events, that was a big thing for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. Um, he was a casual sports fan, but I think as a way of like bonding with me, um I don't know how to describe this. Like he was a casual sports fan, but if there was a big game on and he knew I had any interest in it, he would always make a point. Like, hey, yeah, you know, he he was a we grew up in Tennessee, so he was a He's one of these rare Tennessee Vols slash Georgia Bulldog fans. Not a lot of crossover in those fan bases, but part of his allegiance, you know, was from his upbringing in Tennessee. So he was always a Vols fan. But then, as I got older and got into sports and, and football as a teenager, he um, he appreciated the fact that I was a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. But uh, point being, anytime there was any type of big game, um, and back when I still lived in Georgia. He would always reach out and be like, hey, Georgia, Florida it's this Saturday. You want to come over and, you know, maybe bring over some wings or whatever. But, yeah, that was um, my best memories just on a superficial level. were just hanging out watching either the Braves or the Vols or the Bulldogs and just eating some wings or maybe some ribs or something with, with, with Dad. So uh, that's the thing I miss the most. Like, if you know, the old if I had a time machine or if I could do it. I, I'd give a billion dollars to – Go over to his place on a Saturday afternoon with a bunch of takeout hot wings and just kick it in the living room and watch a, a ball game with him. So, yeah, he loved wings. Well, was like his celebratory yeah. food. Like, oh, there's a game on or something's going on. Let's yeah. get some wings. He loved wings.
0: Well, well man, I yeah. you know you, you said superficial. I don't think that's superficial. Then if and I, and I, and here's where I challenge you: is you know if you're saying that that would be that that's the thing, you know, like a billion dollars. Give me that again. That's not. It goes back to you know good a good meal doesn't have to be fancy it's just, it's you know it's yeah. something that tastes good you know hell it could be hot dogs I, i'm a big fan of a hot dog mm-hmm. but you know who sure. you're eating it with me that makes a big difference too
1: absolutely absolutely that's that's great man
0: yeah i you know and i will say to you know wings in a sporting event i'm a big fan of that too you know getting ready for mm-hmm. nfl season in a couple months we just got done watching the draft we're big fans of wrestling too and you know anytime there's a big wrestling show i'm for, I'm thinking hey yeah. what are the snacks we need to have because it
1: mm-hmm.
0: i've got the i've got the mm-hmm. view of it of probably closer to what he was thinking was you know any kind if i can sit down and bond with my kid over just something that we both have in common that we enjoy you know good yeah. snack a good something yep. to entertain us and just just be together it means a lot you know yeah
1: yeah, and, and I'm definitely that way, and I'm sure I got it from him, but um, I've never been materialistic, uh, never really had the income to be materialistic. The only thing I'm materialistic about is, uh, if you listen to my podcast records, I'm a big vinyl yeah. guy, but other than that, um, I've always valued experiences and, and time with friends and family more than, you know, I, I, I'd i rather, of course, you know, the, the hypothetical time machine, but... Uh, You know, I'd rather have one lunch with my dad than a Lamborghini. You know, like it just. And and I try to do that now when I can. Like, uh, you know, my wife, I think she gets annoyed with me sometimes just because you know it's like ah, let's. Like I said, she doesn't really care about food, but that's the one thing that the point maybe she misses. It's like, hey, I know you don't care about food, but you got to eat something. Let's let's go out. I love my thing is lunch. I love. (laughs) Going out to eat for lunch. Just something about, I don't know. I just, like, I cook dinner most of the time, but lunch, I like going out and doing cool stuff early in the day. And then, well, in LA, it's different because, like, after like 3 p.m., you're just stuck wherever you're at because the traffic is so bad. So I've gotten to this routine the last decade of, like, all right, let me go eat lunch at like noon or one, do that, and then I can come home and, beat the rush and you know go on about my day what i got to do around here being self-employed not having a an actual nine to five or or a job to go to all my work is done at home but um yeah that's that's one point i can never really convey to my wife like it's not about the ribs it's about (laughs) us going out and having experience together and she's like yeah we i got enough experience with you we live together (laughs) but uh, i'm
0: with you though man it's and i'll say specifically that going out doing stuff early. You know, we've gotten into that, into that mm-hmm. habit, too, on the weekends, you know, go out early, run errands, or, you know, hey, we'll go to the mall for a little bit, or we'll go, you know, walk around, you know, some some shops or something, but something about just like, okay, let's go get lunch, and you, when you when you go yeah. get lunch like that, and it's you make it a little more of an event, we've well, we got to try something, you know, we can go to a mm-hmm. place that we've yeah. been a bunch of times, why don't we go somewhere different?
1: Yes, I love trying new things. With yeah,
0: food, you know. I mean, it feels easier to try a new restaurant for lunch than it does for dinner. And I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Out loud, but it makes sense to me.
1: No, it totally does. It's, it's probably cheaper. Lunch is usually cheaper than dinner. It's less of a commitment. You know, it's, you can still go out and finish your day. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, lunch is definitely uh, easier to be more experimental with than yeah. dinner.
0: Hell, you get me craving lunch now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've just—I don't know what it is about lunch, but I—I uh, uh, I go out most days. Yeah, probably. I would say three day, three times a week. I just go out and I eat lunch by myself. You know, and at about one time a week, I'll try to hook up with a buddy. You yeah. know, um, it is funny. I've been trying to work on a bit about like being the only fat guy in your friend circle. You know, like all my social engagements are food related. I just keep waiting for some. Dave, can we just go on a hike or do anything else? But Like lunch, it's 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 scratching multiple itches, you know. Like, well, I gotta eat something, yeah. and I haven't seen you in a while. Let's let's go have lunch and just chit chat. You know, I I love just hanging out with a. But I also like the solitude of eating alone. I used to have a bit about, um, you know, most people don't like to go in and sit down at a restaurant by themselves. They're self conscious about it. I prefer it. I don't like the whole social aspect to eating out. When it's time to eat, i got a job to do. I'm not here to chit-chat. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, I I love hanging out and eating lunch with a buddy. But if no one's available, I'm fine going in, sitting down, opening the menu just by myself. You know, yeah, just one, just me. So I've always enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, man, I think a lot of people do have a – I'm not going to say a weird hang-up. I get it. I think a lot of people do have a um, trouble doing that. But once you get over that mental block, I – I'll take yeah. off you know days from work from time to time just during the week just because sometimes you need a day just to yourself you need time to just think recharge a little bit and just yeah. get in your head a little and I I love anytime if I'm saying okay I'm gonna take off two weeks from this Wednesday I'm gonna take that day off I'm planning out my own lunch mm-hmm. you know a week in advance I'm looking okay where am I gonna be yeah. you know let me look up restaurants what am yeah. I gonna get you know I did that yeah. a few months ago and I was down to two or three different restaurants on what I wanted to eat. It's just a random lunch <laughs> by myself on a Wednesday or on a Thursday. But I was looking yeah. forward to it, you know, and it's... Yeah,
1: those little things, you know, it's those little moments that uh, you just your little reward in the middle of a busy week, yeah. you know.
0: Well, I mean, too, you know, you connect with yourself a little
1: bit. I'm, I'm jealous of you. I'm jealous of you being in Charlotte. Um, you know what food I miss the most without a doubt? Bojangles. I knew you were going to
0: say Bojangles, man.
1: If we had a Bojangles <laughs> in Los Angeles, I'd, I'd already be dead. <laughs> Oh, or if I still lived in the South, like I could eat Bojangles seven days a week and not bad enough. Oh, I miss. So Bojangles much. is great, man. I, I
0: got to <laughs> say this though. Next time you come back into the area, you, you need to be careful. Uh-huh. Do your research on the Bojangles you're going to, because there are some, we've got one or two oh, nearest okay. that have turned real shitty services. Really? Well, the service isn't good because they're understaffed, you know, and then, you know, there was one yeah. I went to and i and I hate this. They don't put the, the sanitation score at the drive-thru, Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. oh really yeah no I,
0: well and that's you know, that's the thing because i'm like well, i'll get this and this and i turn around pull around it's like oh it's an 87 i'm like i don't i just wanted lunch i don't want to get sick <laughs> you know
1: yeah yeah but, you know, but yeah but yeah
0: do your research man but i you know i'll, I'll tell you bojangles I, i'm right there with you bojangles is just is, it's just so good and uh and cookouts the other yeah. north carolina thing you know fast food wise
1: yeah yeah cookout i like um i've had it a ton Um, same my thing with cookout is this is really like culinary nerd stuff but uh to me it tastes like a cookout meaning sometimes like in theory a cookout is great hey mike's having a cookout saturday pool party he's firing up the grill okay cool and i love meat over a real flame but sometimes you go to a cookout and like, boy, well, this burger is really dry. You didn't toast the bun. You didn't, do, you know. I don't know. And, it's, and that's how I feel about cookout. Like I, I can taste that this was cooked over a flame. Yeah. You know, char broiled, char grilled, whatever they call it. But sometimes it's just like, hey, eh, it seems like you are leaning a little too heavy on that one aspect. Yeah, because
0: cause, yeah, you are right though. It is it is like a cookout, and then like, yeah, Mike's having a cookout. Problem is, Mike can't grill with a shit. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, he doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> like in theory, it's a great idea, yeah, he... but uh, it, it takes a little expertise. But and I'm, I'm not crapping on cookout, like, uh, I've just I've never been blown away by cookout, and it's always like, eh, it's yeah, it's pretty well, good. So, you know my
0: first time having cookout, I'm what I'm 36 now, I was about uh, oh god, I hate aging myself like this 18 years ago, probably, <laughs> you know, and back uh-huh. in the day, it was you know, it was and this has just turned into a fast food show now, and I'm okay with that. It was great. I loved it, you know. And it's progressively. I grew up uh, about forty five minutes uh, north of uh, Charlotte, you know, in a small town. And, uh, okay. So we, when we got to cook out there, what's the name of the town?
1: I, what's the name of the town? Salisbury. You grew up in? Salisbury. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of Salisbury.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not the the thing about Salisbury. That's where cheerwine was invented, and uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know okay. your opinion cheerwine, but God, it's. I love it.
1: Yeah, I like it. I mean, it just tastes like cherry Coke. I mean, with a little more cherry, yeah. you know? Now, have you ever had it in a glass bottle? Yeah. Or like a cherry soda, yeah. almost.
0: Now, have, have you had it in a glass bottle? Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I think that's the only way yeah. I've had it. I don't think I've ever had a can or a fountain. You know, it's only the glass bottle. There's one place out here, a barbecue place. Has really? It in two miles from my house, Blood Soast Barbecue, which is probably the third best barbecue in L.A., uh, so I still go there a lot, and um, but yeah, I'm like oh, cheer cheerwine God. just makes me feel like home, even though I'm not from North Carolina. You know, I used to even in Georgia, you'd still see it yeah, everywhere.
0: Well, it's, I love that stuff, but yeah, glass bottle that's that's the only way to get it. Plastic can those mm-hmm. are those are fine. Fountain's pretty good, but glass bottle, man, it, there, there's just something about it, you know. But yeah. uh, but you know, cookout yeah, when we finally right, got yeah. it, it I loved it, but just the last like the last couple of years, it's every, every time I go, it's I go in there knowing I'm going to get hurt again. I still go back because I'm I'm, I'm going to try it again because if it's if it's not good it's what I expected but if it's really good yeah. it's worth it.
1: Yeah. Do they still? I can't remember, but are they one of the places where they get a little too creative with the toppings on the burger? Like, yeah, hey, you can get mozzarella sticks on your <laughs> cheeseburger, and like some of that. Like, we got some places like that around here. Like, you're compensating for yeah. something. Just give me a regular burger, but make it pretty darn good. You don't have to put. All kinds of BS all over it.
0: They don't go too crazy with it, you know. They'll do like a bacon. I think about mm-hmm. the wildest they get's like a bacon cheese or like a steak sauce and onions. You know, it's like it's oh, good. You know, yeah. nothing too wild. You know, yeah. but yeah, if mm-hmm. if you start having to get into anything too crazy, you know, on a on a on a burger or a hot, on a hot dog stuff like yeah. that,
1: what are you? Yeah, just d-
0: do something simple, but do it well. Yeah, that's my yeah. opinion about tacos. Yeah. I I grew up eating, you know, mm-hmm. you know, white people tacos, right? So hard old El Paso, hard shell taco, barely seasoned ground beef, mm-hmm. lettuce, cheese, <laughs> you know, a little hot sauce if I'm yeah. feeling fancy. But once I tried, you know, a real authentic taco, you know, al pastor, onions, cilantro, a little bit of lime. Yeah. God almighty. Yeah. You can't go, oh, yeah. you can't improve on something that good. Even if it is simple, you cannot improve on yeah. that.
1: Yeah. That's another thing I miss about the South, uh, in LA, obviously we're known for our Mexican food and it is great. Um, but you know what they don't do here? Uh, white queso oh. dip, cheese dip. Can't get it anywhere. And I used to, lo- I grew up just going to, you know, southern gringo yeah. Mexican places. And I love just give me a fountain <laughs> Coke, a big basket of chips, and a big thing, a white queso dip. And, man, I used to just love that so much. And you cannot yeah. get it here. Like, they're just like, or you're lucky to even get ch- cheese of any kind on a burrito. Oh. You definitely can't get it on a regular street taco. They, that's a no-no. But sometimes the older breed, I'm like, can you put cheese on it? And they kind of roll their <laughs> eyes. I'm like, like cheese and meat. Wow, that's not a crazy combo.
0: You look at them, it's like I'm cool. I get <laughs> I get it like the way it's supposed to be most of the time. But some, I explained this to yeah. my wife a while back. You know, I we went to a to a Mexican restaurant, and I, I typically I've gotten to where I'll get the al pastor, I'll get like a you know carne asada uh-huh. something like that. But I told her I was like, we're we're eating at the restaurant, and there's just something about being here. I want the. I want the the crappy version of give me give me the 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 corn the hard shell corn taco with a ton of cheese on it yeah. and give me that skinny little enchilada and the the rice
1: yeah and the red sauce oh, yeah. Mm. yeah every every once in a while yeah you yeah there's there's none of that out here everything there's a few actual Mexican restaurants and they're good but a lot of it's like the specialty stuff that grandma made but you know, your typical North Carolina or Georgia strip mall gringo you know, uh El Rodeo or yeah. whatever, you know what I'm talking? There's a billion, of them. there's none of that out here. And I miss that so much. Just going in, sitting down, you know, my meal's gonna be nine <laughs> bucks. I'm gonna get a basket of chips, you know, pay three bucks for some queso. Oh, I love it. But yeah, there's none of that yeah. out here. And
0: it's it's one of those things I'm sure somebody listening to this is just horrified. It it's not it's not oh, that yeah. it's good, it's just that it's good. I I can't explain it. It's
1: good and it's it's yeah, it's familiar, it's nostalgic. I get all that, yeah. you know, but uh yeah, at the end of the day, it's still what's not good about chips and white cheese, you know? Like
0: hot melted cheese, you can't go wrong with it.
1: Oh, it's so good. And the other thing, as a as a home chef, um that is not an easy thing to make. The queso is is hard to make in that you've got to get the ratios right with the milk and the cheese and you got to melt it the right way with a boiler and like, you just think, oh, it's just melted cheese. But, like, I've tried so many times, and I still can't quite figure it out. But, like, boy, they just do it so great in the Mexican joints down <laughs> south.
0: Well, yeah, and it's it's, man, it's everything. It's flavor. It's consistency. We had Mexican food last night. We got the white cheese dip last night, and I'm right now I'm sitting here just wishing I had some more.
1: Yeah, yeah. I could eat that yeah, every day.
0: I don't blame good. you. Well, and then <laughs> the other thing, too, you know, North Carolina is the barbecue, you know. Charlotte, oh, yeah. you know where I'm at is it's harder to find good barbecue, and so here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. So there there are barbecue joints in in Charlotte. You've got the two that I like are uh, Midwood Smokehouse,
1: and uh, I've been there. Midwood, I was about to say I, Midwood.
0: I like them. They yeah. they do a little bit of you know trying to get fancy. They'll do some barbecue tacos. You know they'll do uh, they do a queso dip with brisket in it, which is really good. But what I like about them okay. when you walk in there, you smell smoke, which is a sign of okay. Mm-hmm. Because Bingo. one of the things that offends me more than anything is if I go into somewhere and they say, we've got barbecue pork, and it's it was clearly, it was roasted in an oven. That is not barbecue. That is roasted pork. That is not the same thing. Yes.
1: Amen. Amen, brother. You, you
0: cannot roast pork and I give me barbecue remake. sauce and tell me you made barbecue.
1: Here's the other thing. Hey, uh, what kind of wood do you guys use? <laughs> huh? Okay. It tells you everything you need. I know you're just the server, the cashier, but like... I don't know. It just everybody who works here should be able to tell you at the very least what kind of wood we use or how long you smoke the brisket, you know, that yeah. And the other thing that annoys me as as kind of a uh, just uh, in the little community that I have with my podcast, people know I'm a barbecue guy and I get this a lot. Oh, when you come to my town, you got to go to this barbecue place. They make their own sauce. Oh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Whoop de doo. Like <laughs> That's not really a selling point. I I expect them to make their own sauce, but, like, people think that's a big selling point. That's bare minimum. Yeah, they better make their own sauce. I
0: I might piss off the the (laughs) whole state of Indiana. I went there for work a few years ago, pre-COVID, and uh, I I went with a guy I worked with. We went to some little town. uh, I don't even remember the name of it. And there was a, a, a restaurant right across the street from the hotel, so we go. Big restaurant. Clearly, this is the place to be in this town on a Monday night. They've got all these banners around about how they've won these awards for best barbecue in Indiana. I'm like, okay. I'm I have a discerning palate from North Carolina. I'm not trying to brag, but you know, I'm I know when something should taste yeah. good. So, let me let me try this out. I don't want to know what lost if that was the best that the state had.
1: Yeah. It's just horrible. And I, well, yeah, best barbecue in Indiana. That's yeah. uh you know yeah, okay. that's like saying
0: you got the best, you know, the best Reuben sandwich you've ever had, you know, in North Carolina. Because I'll call us out too. We're not going to give you good yeah.
1: deli food. Yeah, you know, it'll be okay. Exactly, it'll be passable. Yeah. You we know, got the get the best sushi in <laughs> West Virginia. You know, wherever. Yeah, best sushi in Kansas. Oh, okay. Well, way to go. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying some some <laughs> little
0: rural place in the South. You know, selling sushi. You know,
1: is that is that tuna? That's crappy. Yeah, it's crappy. <laughs> We got a nice bass roll today.
0: <laughs> you like brim? You ever you have you ever had a brim to gear?
1: a brim hand roll. It's pretty good. I would <laughs> Yeah. Best barbecue in Indiana. Okay, I'll take yeah, your word I, for no, it. I, <laughs> it. trust me.
0: If that's the best then you, you you're okay. Get a burger.
1: Yeah. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, but you know, speaking of barbecue, there there's a there's one place just up the road from me. They are supposed to be one of the best barbecue joints in the in the country. John G's. I'm not sure if
1: John, G's, I'm unfamiliar. I'll have to send you some I'm information familiar,
0: about it. It's uh, when I say up the road, okay. it's about thirty, forty minutes. I have yet to make it there okay. because they are they are only open I think on Saturdays. You are going to wait in line uh, for a couple hours, but it is supposed to be phenomenal. Yeah. So.
1: Okay, John.
0: I've told my wife that I want to try John this place will. out. So once I do, I will let you know. I'll reach out to you. Um, and if you ever make it out I'm this way, I'm literally
1: weekend, writing that down. Here we go.
0: <laughs> J O N. J O N. Okay, right yeah. on. So now, and the thing is, it's got to be good because if you ever try it, man, that, that is my reputation with you 100% at stake. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Dave, you know, I, I appreciate you coming on up. I, I want to start kind of winding this down a little bit. A few things I want to touch on before we do that sure. is uh, you've already kind of alluded to this, but I, I, I got to ask it anyway. I ask every guest, if you had a chance to have one more meal with your father, just sit down, have that meal with him what would that be? What what would you want to have? What would you want to do?
1: Man, probably just watching a Georgia game, Georgia football, eating some wings, just shooting the breeze. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that, that, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we, we both enjoyed going out to restaurants and stuff, but just something about just hanging out at your parents' house, you know, and that's, that's one thing I don't have anymore, you know, and I know I'm, you know, a grown-up, and and this happens, but uh, after he died, my they lived in... I grew up in North Georgia, but uh, about five years before he passed, they moved to, like, Middle South Georgia, a little bitty town called Worthen, Georgia. But after he passed, uh, my mom uh, moved to Louisville, Kentucky, to live with my brother and sister-in-law. Uh, so just, you know, that's one thing I miss, is just not having my parents home, yeah. you know, anymore, not having the old homestead to go back to and, uh, but yeah, if, if I could do anything, it would just be, go back to their house in Waleska, Georgia. And, uh, you know, just sit out on the porch and pet the dog and maybe have the pregame on the radio. And then, uh, around kickoff, we transition into the living room and bust out the wings and just sit there for three hours and pretend that we have hard opinions (laughs) about what the coach is doing wrong and uh chow down on some wings but uh yeah that that would definitely just just kicking it on a saturday afternoon watching a football game eating wings with old pops i would uh, i'd give anything to do that again that sounds great
0: dave i appreciate you coming on um before i let you go two things yeah. uh i want you to talk to us about uh where we can find you all the stuff you've got going on but before we do that sure. would you mind sharing a recipe with us this is uh something i know you do in the burger yes. monster and i'd love for you to share one with us now
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we were talking before we, we started recording about how I used to do that a lot with the boogie monster, but for whatever reason, well, I, well, I know the reason is eventually I ran out of recipes. Uh, we've been doing the boogie monster almost seven years and we try to do it weekly. So whatever that math is, uh, you know, I don't have that many recipes, but, uh, I do need to start, uh, sharing those again, at least maybe once a month. But, um, Uh, You mentioned pimento cheese, and my dad was a big pimento cheese guy. He loved pimento cheese. Uh, That's one of those things that, like, when I was a kid, I was like, what is that? Like, I like cheese, but this is weird looking. And I remember my grandfather used to just eat pimento cheese sandwiches, and I just thought that was so weird. And then, you know, one day, I don't know if I was a teenager or whatever, I I finally had some, and uh, I was like, oh, I I get it. But, uh, yeah, dad loved pimento cheese on Plain old white bread or pimento cheese with Ritz crackers. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big pimento cheese guy. So, yeah, here this is a real simple, basic recipe, um, the one that I use. Uh, get you a one-pound block of good, sharp cheddar cheese. Um, and this is important. Uh, grate it by hand. Uh, I mean, use a cheese grater. <laughs> you don't have to scratch it with your fingernails. But, I mean, don't get the bag of shredded cheese. Get you a block Grate it on on the finest, uh, I've I've got one of those box graters. It's got three or four different uh, uh, gauges on it, I guess. But uh, yeah, on the finest gauge, um, a whole whole block, one pound, uh, in a big bowl. Well, do that first and set it aside. Then in a bowl, like a big mixing bowl, let's do a a cup of sour cream. Let's do a half a cup of mayo, preferably Dukes. Uh, Let's do a half a cup of cream cheese. Let's uh, get you. If you can now, this part you can do the the actual pimento part. If you can find a little jar of pimentos, fine. Uh, Sometimes those are hard to find in the in the grocery store. If you don't have access to a jar of pimentos, uh, just get you one big red bell pepper, and with that, uh, what you do is just kind of core it. You know, get rid of the seeds and the stem and the core. Maybe cut it up into three or four little strips, but then just char that bastard. You can do it right over your gas flame if you've got that. Um, you could put it in a frying pan or whatever, but just, we want to kind of char it, get a little, little scald on that thing. And then when you're done with that, just dice it up real fine. However, whatever you like your, you know, the size of your little pepper bits, but yeah, throw that up in there. Once it's diced with the sour cream, the mayo, the cream cheese, the chopped up pepper, uh, let's do two tablespoons of red wine vinegar. Let's do a couple tablespoons of your favorite hot sauce. I do a teaspoon of smoked paprika. And a tablespoon of fresh uh, black pepper, fresh ground black pepper. If you don't have the, the you know, the churn thing, um, the grinder, if you don't have that, just regular pepper's fine. But, uh, and then a teaspoon of salt. And then just mix all that. Mix all the ingredients up first before you add the cheese, because if you add the cheese now, it's hard to incorporate everything properly. But yeah, just... Uh, Sour cream, mayo, cream cheese, red bell pepper, red wine vinegar, hot sauce, smoked paprika, salt and pepper. Mix all that up, then throw all that uh, grated cheese in there, stir that up, get it nice incorporated, you're good to go. Just good plain southern pimento cheese and I've been you can you can experiment with that. sometimes I'll do uh, little peppercini peppers Ooh. in addition to the red bell pepper but I'll tie, I'll chop up some peppercinis or banana peppers or something you can even do if you like onions you can do real uh, diced real fine diced raw onion, white onion red onion whatever um, but yeah just good 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 like uh, appetizer good party snack you know you're going to a covered dish dinner at your church's uh homecoming <laughs> week or whatever you bring you that big old tub of pimento cheese maybe a, a sleeve of um ritz crackers or some white bread you'll you'll be the uh, bell oh, it'll ball. get
0: gone i i brought that to a family gatherings before and it's always i've been asked to bring it back before that's how good it is yeah what i
1: yeah it's so good and it, i'm surprised people outside of the south never even heard of it when i moved out here and I I would have football parties and stuff, and I'd make it, and all my friends were like, "What is this?" I'm like, "You never had pimento cheese?" They're like, "No," oh. so I didn't realize it was such a southern thing till I moved yeah, out And here.
0: I know, look, I know it doesn't, it may not look good, it may not sound good, but God, you try it's it's worth trying. La- the last time I made yeah, it, I used a real spicy pepper cheese to just give a little extra mm-hmm. kick. Oh
1: God, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say some. I mean, you need some uh, cheddar yeah. cheese in there, but if you wanted to use half of that amount of cheddar and the other half, like a Monterey Jack or a Pepper Jack or something like that, that's yeah. good too. I'd... So, yeah. Oh man,
0: I'm gonna have to make that. I think I'm gonna have to make some of that this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's so easy, and it, you know, it'll last a week in the fridge, oh. you know, before it starts to get a little funky. But uh, yeah, on a sandwich, crackers. If you're trying to be healthy, some celery or carrots or whatever, you know. <laughs> <Matt>. <laughs> But, yeah, it's uh, it's never let me down. It's a good, uh, good little party starter.
0: Oh, man. I, well, Dave, I appreciate you sharing that with us. I uh, appreciate it. I would encourage anyone listening to go make some. Uh, if you've never had it, definitely go make it. Um, <laughs> oh, Dave, yeah. can you talk to us a little bit, too? Uh, last thing, what have you got going on? Where can people find more about you? And can you talk a little bit more about the special?
1: Yeah. Uh, when does this come out? Do you know?
0: So this is going to come out on May 3rd.
1: Little inside baseball here. Sorry to put no, you on no the worries. spot. I just didn't want to. You know, sometimes <laughs> I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately, and I don't want to be. It's out now, when it's not. But uh, yeah, this comes out May third, which is what tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Friday, Friday, May fifth on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel uh, at Dave Stone Comedy, or you know, you know how YouTube works. You can just search Dave Stone Comedy. But uh, my first full proper special is dropping Friday, May fifth. It's called Pack a Lunch. Uh, it's a long one. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, no crowd work. I know that's the trend <laughs> these days in the comedy world, zero crowd work. I actually have prepared material. Wow. I don't care who's dating or what you do for a living. Um, so yeah, I can tell I'm a little annoyed by all that, that trend, but <laughs> it's not, comedy. I, I want to see you tell jokes. Who cares what you do? For Dude,
0: give me the jokes um, that you've been working on and refining and doing the best. That's what I want.
1: Yeah, exactly exactly nobody paid money to come hear me talk to this guy about his job um but yeah it's hour 15 minutes uh a lot of different material um people who may know who i am via my podcast uh might know that i used to be a cop um but i've never talked about it on stage until this special so i have at the very end i talk a little bit about my experiences as being a cop i was a cop for four years uh in Metro Atlanta, uh, worst four years of my life. Terrible, terrible job. Um, but yeah, so that comes out on YouTube, uh, May 5th. Also the exact same material will be, uh, in vinyl form. If you're a a vinyl collector, if you're into the records, you can go to blondemedicine.com. That's the uh, record label that's handling all the audio version of the special. And, uh, we're doing a pre-order right now, limited edition, 500 copies on colored splatter vinyl. Um, yeah, two LP, nice artwork, but you can pre-order that now, and it ships in August. So, And then if you, you, if you just want to listen to it and not watch the special or you don't care about vinyl, it'll be available on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff, May 5th as well. But, uh, yeah, my first proper special, I've done a few albums, but I've never done, like, the video special. Uh, self-financed, shot it in Atlanta, um, using local crews, some guys I knew. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, comedians, most comedians, you know, aren't comfortable with self-promotion well that's not true so many of them are I've, I've never been super comfortable with self-promotion you know it's out there if you want if you're if you give a crap but uh yeah so i'm excited about it and uh glad to have something else out in the zeitgeist and beyond that i do two podcasts uh I do the boogie monster podcast with kyle canane um comedy fans are probably familiar with kyle uh I'm biased because he's a pal but uh sorry about that yeah checking in. uh i'm biased kyle's a pal he's obviously my podcast partner but kyle's one of the best comedians on planet earth he's got a new special out called shocks and struts it's out there now but uh yeah kyle and i do muggy monster that usually uh we drop those on tuesday and then i uh, have another podcast with my wife called the stonebergs uh her name's her maiden name was strandberg so stoneberg and it's just kind of a call-in advice show um a lot of times we'll take uh, calls or voicemails or whatever. Sometimes we, we don't get to it. But uh, just kind of a husband and wife, two, two goobers offering advice. You know, we can barely run our own lives, but we're here for encouragement and advice if anybody needs that. But uh, that's been fun, too, because it's like a different – I don't say a different side of me, but, like, Kyle and I have a specific dynamic, and then obviously my wife Katie and I have a different dynamic. So I, well, we've had some comments of people enjoying seeing a different side yeah. of Dave – that doesn't involve barbecue or chasing coyotes or fighting uh hooligans out in the street so it's the it's softer gentler dave on the stone bank so. well look
0: and i'll say too i'm a i'm a big fan of both shows uh, as far as the the new special I, I know the self-promotion you said you're not comfortable with i'll do it dave i, I listened to your, your last album I, I, several years ago listened to it again last week hogwash enjoyed that i pre-ordered my uh, my vinyl Uh, i've got a oh yeah man i've got a i've got it coming i ordered it uh earlier today so you know everyone go check it out i'm gonna link out to everything and i'll be promoting it on my social media too but i'm i'm excited to hear to hear it and see what you got for us
1: right on well thanks man i I appreciate you helping spread the word
0: well dave hey thanks for coming on i really appreciate it Uh, it's been a pleasure and can't wait for a pack of
1: lunch absolutely thanks for having me on andrew Take care.
0: Thank you again today for joining me today and talking more about his story. Uh, It was really, really interesting for me to get to talk with him as a longtime fan. Um, I just really enjoyed it. I really appreciated him taking the time, but also just being open with me. It's great. And, you know, we touch on this a bit in the show. But if you're not from the South, you may not understand just some of that machismo that we talk about. Some of this, you know, got to keep your feelings in, can't really talk about things. So for Dave to be as open as he is, uh, I appreciate it. I just want to say if you want to follow more about him or find out more about him, you can follow him on Twitter, YouTube and Facebook at Dave Stone Comedy or on Instagram at underscore Dave Stone. Uh, And also his new special, Pack-A-Lunch, comes out Friday, May 5th, so two days from the release of this episode. That'll be on YouTube, and you can also pre-order the special 2LP vinyl at blondmedicine.com. I'm going to link all of that in the show notes. I really do hope you'll go check it out. I know for me, Friday night, I will be having some bourbon, watching this new special. Cannot wait. Uh, last thing I'll say is that uh, you can also subscribe to Our Last Mill wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I hope you'll take the time to also rate and review. You know, we always say that that's a good way to get people to find the show. I would love it if you do that. Share the show, share something on social media, whatever it is. I, I want to try to grow this as much as possible. You can also follow on social media at Our last Mill pod or visit OurLastMill.com. If you are interested in being a guest on the show... You can reach out by clicking the share your story button at the top of that homepage, or you can reach out to me on social media. I am always happy to talk with people and would love to let you tell your story. That said, I hope everyone has a great rest of your week. Take care of yourselves and please, please, please go share a meal with someone that you care about.